What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the It's Game Time podcast. My name is Jet, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Eric, how you doing today? I'm doing good. It is the final part of this what-if scenario, and the what-if scenario, if you do not know by now, or if you've skipped the first two episodes, it is... What if the MLB expanded to 32 teams and there was a redraft along with a whole league-wide realignment to fit in these 32 teams? If you have not listened to the prior two episodes, we go and talk about which, where, which cities will be the host cities for these two new teams. And then in last week's episode, Jet did an in-depth analysis as to what their basis roster will look like if this were to happen. And this week's episode, essentially the finale of this scenario, is the realignment episode. We will be telling you guys what the new divisions will look like, what scheduling will look like, because that's a whole new monster that was tackled what the essential natural rivalries will be with the new balanced schedule that MLB put out and what we altered to uh, align with the new league that we implemented, what the playoffs will look like, and then at the end, Jet will go into his team projections as to uh, just some insight and what he believes has, uh, which team he believes will would end up winning this what if world series absolutely it, it should be a, another good episode in, in the first installment of our new what if series um you know eric and i were talking about this before we got on this recording but you know after all the over i mean really over a month of you know all the work that was put in for this to come to life um we're, we're closing closing the book on this and after this episode, all we can do is hope that some of our predictions come true. <laughs> and I'm sure not not only us, we'll, we'll ha- keep a close eye on this, but you know, feel free, everyone out there who's listening, keep keep an eye on what ends up happening if Nashville and Montreal are the two teams that are selected for expansion. And then obviously this is way down the line. Uh, but but when when those when those teams yeah. are drafted, come back to this episode and see if I got it right. <laughs> of course, and. As I said in uh, episode one, the expansion episode, Bookies gives Nashville a 47.8% chance of being the next yeah. host city for an expansion team. So, And then we're just wishing for the baby blues to come back in Montreal. That's, that's you just know, hopeful. I, I, don't, I didn't ask you this when you said this on that last episode, but where's Montreal on that list of the... I don't think it. I don't of, think it showed up. I think. I think it was rather. It was newer. It was non. It was completely new cities, as in uh, okay. Nashville, Charlotte was one. I think New Orleans was another. Okay. I, I believe those were the top Vancouver, three. Vancouver was Vancouver one. Vancouver may have been on that list. Even implementing Vancouver as Montreal, I would still enjoy. Well, I mean, Vegas could also be considered. If yeah, Vegas, Vegas don't go there. Exactly. I mean, which they probably in, are. In which, a uh, little tidbit looking into the uh, divisions and stuff like that, uh, we didn't really want to cover the, uh, the athletics that much. We just made the assumption that they're going to be moving to Las Vegas in this scenario. It's always been talked about. So we were just to simply 
simplify the divisions. We just automatically assumed that the Athletics would be moving to Vegas and leaving Oakland behind and leaving that beautiful Oakland Coliseum back to itself all alone without a football team or a baseball team now. Everyone's going to miss it. I know all the fans in attendance in each of those games – um, there's a reason, you know, they go into tens oh, yeah. of games. It's just a lot of it is the ballpark. The ten thousand fans that attend <laughs> that, that attend those games, not tens of thousands, just no, ten thousand. Uh, and but, ten thousand is probably pushing it a little. Of bit. course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit about how, what this realignment is based on, and that is regional opponents, while also trying to spread out the competition. That's so that each division has at least two playoff contenders, and we'll see based off of Jets' projections, uh, and two teams that are not competitive. Um, I wanted to spread out the competitive play because at times, like in the central divisions at the moment, they are very non-competitive divisions right now. Um, So usually the divisional winner is... Not as good as maybe a team or two that misses out on the wild card positioning. Right. And the what I would consider World Series contenders were also divided between the leagues with what I think are three contenders in the new American League and about two and a half in the new National League with Seattle, I would be considering on the cusp of being a World Series contender, obviously. Yeah, with the 2023 season coming up, we'll see if they can uh, push themselves into that contention. As I said earlier, the Athletics are also automatically moved to Las Vegas since it hopefully will be happening soon. It's better for their brand and better brand for the MLB. Um, each now, since it is a 32-team format, each division will now only have four teams in each division. Similar to the NFL, since both leagues have 32 teams with the expansion. With the chain, with actually, I'm going to save the playoff talk right now for that. So, um, I actually want to get into what the divisions are going to look like now that now that I set the basis of it. There's a little bit more because we're going to go into schedule talk, but I want to give the people uh, an idea of what these new divisions will look like and. These divisions have very unique names associated with them. We did not want to do the typical AL East, NL West, AL North, or whatever it is. We wanted to give each of these divisions um, uh, names that are, I think, represent each team in their in their respective divisions. And uh, do you want to start? Do you want to start off yet? Yeah, I can start. But we'll start off in the American League. And by the way, just so everyone knows, all these division names, this is all Eric. Um, I, I, I love the names that <laughs> he came up with for, for each of this, these divisions. So we'll start off with the rivalry division. And this consists of the Yankees, Blue Jays, Red Sox, and then one of the new expansion teams, the Montreal Expos. Obviously, three of those teams currently in the same division in the AL East. So they uh, continue that theme by being in the same division, the rivalry division. Moving down the list, the Southern Charm Division includes the Atlanta Braves, the Tampa Bay Rays, the Miami Marlins, and the new expansion Nashville team. 
Uh, two of these teams are currently in the same division, the Braves and the Marlins currently in the NL East. Next division, the Great Lakes division, the Chicago White Sox, Minnesota Twins, Chicago Cubs, and Cincinnati Reds. All four of these teams, two and two, White Sox and Twins are in the same division currently, and Cubs and Reds in the same division currently, but obviously both in the central divisions. Uh, and then the final division, the I-405 division, the Dodgers, Padres, Angels, and Diamondbacks. Um, Dodgers, Padres, Diamondbacks all in the same division currently. Angels are the the lone team that is not in that division. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the American League. Kind of give me, and I know you mentioned it a little bit with the, the contending teams and regionally um, putting this together, but what else went into assembling the American League for you? For me, um, I obviously cared first off about regionally. I wanted to save time with travel, and we have notes on that too. Uh, we'll talk. We'll give a little example of like which distance between the two divisional teams is the furthest uh, travel time and shortest. But divisionally, I really wanted to care about regional opponents uh, for travel purposes, and but also I wanted to keep iconic division rivals together um, while also creating potentially new ones like in the rivalry division it's I rivalry mainly when you hear about that and see the teams in it you think of Yankees Red Sox obviously a very historic rivalry throughout all of sports but there is the potential for a new rivalry the almost Canadian rivalry between the Blue Jays and the hopeful Montreal Expos which I think would be a fantastic rivalry because they are only, are the only two teams that represent Canada in the MLB. In the Southern Charms division, I mean, these are all Southern teams. Again, I try to... The base basic uh, structure of each of these divisions is regional with the Rays and the Marlins both being Florida teams. That can cause a good rivalry, I feel like. I really wanted to get in-division rivalries set up, and I think Nashville Stars and the Atlanta Braves, that could form a good rivalry, while also uh, including an old in-division rival between the Braves and the Marlins. Moving on to the Great Lakes division, White, White Sox and Chicago Cubs. I mean, that's a rivalry within a city in itself, and then just including a two, I mean, between the four teams, there's already two pre-existing in-division rivals with the White Sox and Twins and the Cubs and Reds. Obviously, the Reds um, are, I wouldn't say, competitive, competitive enough to really be a tough rivalry between them and the Cubs. And then the 405 division, Dodgers, Padres, I think that's starting going to start to become a really good rivalry in division at the moment. I think it could carry over. And then another in-city rivalry between the Dodgers and the Angels. And I guess you could say the Diamondbacks are kind of the odd man out, but still a current in-division rival. So let me, let me ask you these two questions. While, while we're on the, the rivalry talk, you, you mentioned about some of the rivalries that could be brewing based on these new divisions but in your opinion and, and we're just talking american league here which rivalry that doesn't currently exist do you think would be the most entertaining i honestly think braves tampa tampa bay would be a very okay. interesting rivalry um they're both playoff contention teams i think the braves are out of those two a world series contender but the rays they can be very pesky 
I know that as a Yankee fan. Um, so I think out of a out of two teams that don't already have a historic rivalry in division or out of division, I think that could be a very interesting new rivalry within the Southern Charms division within the new AL. And also in the new AL, there are t- nine new teams within mm-hmm. the AL. And in the, um, do you want to move on to the NL or well, one, one more question yeah. I had. So one, one thing I noticed about the, the new AL is, and it's not something we see currently in MLB. We have the two Chicago teams in the same division and we have the two LA teams in the same division. Obviously currently one team's in the American league, one team is in the national league. And I get, you know, the, the part of, you know, that those rivalries being that they are in the same city, they should be rivals as is, but what went into you um, ensuring that they were in the same the same league as opposed to how it currently stands? Can you expand why, upon like, that? Yeah, so why, why not keep them in opposite leagues okay. as it is today as opposed to putting them in the same division? Obviously, there is the new balance schedule that's coming out. That's true. Priorly, yeah. so they would have been able to play more often. But I really wanted to put the emphasis on them playing what I believe is gonna be net with the new schedule that we're that we'll be talking about, um, thirteen times. So it'll keep it. I, it really establishes that camaraderie between these two teams and the fans within the city. And I think it just, especially if you want to look at LA, I think it could get more angels fans buzzed up. If let's say they go maybe just six and seven against the Dodgers, but still saying, Hey, we almost went 500 against the Dodgers when we played them 13 times, instead of only having one season series against them to where they could just blow it off and be like, whatever. And and I I have no problem with, with the way he did it. The only reason I bring it up, um, is because I think the reason that, and and obviously the reason that those teams were in opposite leagues to begin, and, and that's still the case, obviously nothing has changed. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that the American League and National League for a while were two different styles of play, yeah. being that there wasn't um, a DH in the National League. So I think now that there's a DH standardized across MLB, uh, the styles of play between both leagues have started to become very similar. Um, that, was, that would be my reason why... I think MLB initially had those two teams in separate leagues, just so people in that state can choose the style true, of the play they like, true. and the fa- and and therefore become the fan of that specific team. But this is the new modern way, and I think if we do get a realignment, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some of those things happen. Absolutely, and uh, I want to read off some of the I found these I found off of teamrankings.com. Go check them out. They're a huge source, and it was very helpful for me. I want to read off what each team's record is over the past three seasons against their in-division rivals So, uh, really quickly. So for the Yankees versus the Blue Jays, they are 24-24, and 24, which is very good. Um, it's That will keep it very interesting within the division. Against the Boston Red Sox, they're actually – 31 and 17 over the past three seasons. And this does not include the postseason. It's just the regular season going into account. The Toronto Blue Jays, they are 30 and 18 versus the Boston Red Sox. Obviously, I couldn't include Montreal Expos since they are an expansion team. Um, Same thing going for the Southern Charms Division. Nashville, obviously, an expansion team, so there is no record against them. Uh, based off of their division rivals. So the Braves, 
They are over the past three seasons, they are three and four versus the Tampa Bay Rays. That's good. Yeah. Versus the Miami Marlins, they are thirty and eighteen. The Tampa Bay Rays, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays are fourteen and two versus the Miami Marlins. Now moving on to the Great Lakes Division, this is now that we don't have any any more expansion teams, we can actually see how all four teams compare up to each other. The Chicago White Sox, they are 27 and 21 versus the Minnesota Twins. They are 11 and 5 versus the Chicago Cubs, and they are 4 and 3 versus the Cincinnati Reds. The Minnesota Twins, they are 4 and 3 as well versus the Chicago Cubs and 3 and 4 versus the Cincinnati Reds. And the Cubs versus the Cincinnati Reds goes down to a record of 25-23 to 23 in Chicago Cubs' favor. Interesting, interesting thing about that division, and, and with the other one as well, um, I know there are small sample sizes, but those four and three, three and fours, I mean, it's the potential of, of a, a new rivalry brewing exactly. if those types of um, games stay competitive as, as far as, you know, even as they are, I mean, I guess when you look at it, White Sox and Reds wouldn't be a rivalry if you if you look at it without looking at the records. But the records kind of point to maybe if they played more games against each other, it would go a little bit more back and, and forth. And it's only over the past three seasons, right? So it I wanted to stay recent. I didn't want to yeah. do historical at all. Three seasons I think is a good sample size record wise, especially for some of these um, what would be considered intra league uh, comp, uh, opponents. Definitely. Finally, for the 405 division, the Dodgers are 32 and 16 versus the San Diego Padres. That may change this coming year. They are 13 and 3 versus the Angels, and they are 38 and 10 versus Jeez. the Diamondbacks. I think that just speaks to how good the Dodgers are, yeah. because the Padres are 3 and 5 versus the Angels, but they are also 38 and 10 versus the Diamondbacks. And the Angels are four and two versus the Diamondbacks. So that was a little bit, little bit of a look at as to records between the, these new division rivals. Jet, do you want to take a look at and tell us the NL divisions? Yes. So in in the National League, so we had nine new teams. Obviously, like Eric said, in the American League, we have eight new teams that are coming over from the American League into the National League. The first division name is the Metropolitan Division, and this is not just full of Mets. Uh, this is the Mets, Phillies, Orioles, and Nationals. Uh, then we have the Cowboy Division, the Astros, Cardinals, Rangers, and Royals. Um, Astros and Rangers currently in the same division. And, yeah, that that is it for that. And I forgot to mention with the Metropolitan Division, Mets, Phillies, and Nationals are still in the same division. Orioles are the one lone team that is new. Uh, Guardians, Brewers, Tigers, and Pirates make up the Manufacturer Division. The Guardians and Tigers are currently in the same division, and the Brewers and Pirates are in the, their own division together. And then the final division, the Sightseeing Division, the Seattle Mariners, San Francisco Giants, Colorado Rockies, and Las Vegas Las Vegas, Las Vegas Athletics, <laughs> uh, Athletics and Mariners currently in the AOS together. Giants and Rockies currently reside in the NLS. Uh, just, just a quick note: a, a theme that I've noticed is it's when you when you look at it, it's it's really 
two at least two teams from a, a current existing division have made it into one of these new divisions obviously to keep up the rivalry weeks but uh talk about your structuring of the new national league it's very similar to the al uh the metropolitan division i think was the easiest division to make um because they are so close i mean i believe the distance between washington and new york is about a 3 hour car ride so just Travel time alone for the Metropolitan Division will be very short, especially flight-wise. I think I think it's a 30-minute flight from New York to Washington, D.C. I have it right wow. here. Let me check. Um, I think uh, it's, about an hour, it's about an hour flight, I'd actually have to say. Still, I mean, it's very short compared yeah. to um, what, what's in the NL East at the moment. Till New York to Atlanta. So that cuts off maybe about an hour flight, 45-minute flight. Um, Cowboy division, I really wanted to give the Astros a more competitive division. I think I accomplished that with adding the Cardinals into that because the Cardinals are always a quality team that is always in playoff contention. And now with the new Texas Rangers, too, along with their with their pitching staff, their upgraded pitching staff, um, we can see if they're competitive. Obviously, the Kansas City Royals are not that competitive Manufacturer division, um, a lot of these teams w- are in locations where manufacturing is is very iconic with the city, especially Cleveland, Detroit, and Pittsburgh, Milwaukee also, but they are, that was actually a very tough division to make with the Great Lakes division because a lot of these teams are relatively close by to each other when speaking in where they are located in the Midwest. But so I had to, and I also wanted to make sure that competitively, I wasn't weakening one of these Midwest divisions uh, to the other. And obviously, as you may know, these Midwest divisions are are still as weak as they are now, but (laughs) I think it's still a little bit more competitive than they are, than they priorly are while making other divisions more competitive and the sightseeing division obviously seattle is um probably the furthest location from their fellow rivals in division rivals but vegas and then denver where the rockies play at that's relatively close and san fran and seattle that's not very far but i i do like all these divisions i i don't think there's one division that it that regionally wise doesn't make sense I agree. Um, I'll ask you the same question I did in in, in the American League and in, in for the National League here. Which rivalry that doesn't currently exist do you think would be the most entertaining? I'm looking right now. I on I really do think it would be the Astros Cardinals. Yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah, I really do like that. I I think that would be. A very interesting rivalry right now because the Cardinals will always put up a tough fight comparative to what the Astros division division rivals right now. Obviously, the Mariners haven't been good for that long, but we'll see this year if they can put up a fight against Houston. Um, but I think that would be an interesting new rivalry. I think a really sneaky good one could potentially be the Philadelphia Phillies and Baltimore Orioles. I was I looking think. at them too. 
I, I don't know. There's some there's something about this Orioles team, and we know how good the Phillies have gotten in this offseason. Maybe maybe down the stretch, these two teams are potentially fighting for for a division title. I mean, it's 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 definitely something that's possible. Um, I also want to ask you, and you could talk about the American League and National League with, with this question here. If you were, and when I say so, if we were talking about which which division is the best and which division is the worst, and you could start with the American League here, if we're talking about in terms of overall winning percentage, which team, which division, based off of how we know the teams are going to be constructed based with the new expansion teams, which division first in the American League do you think would be the strongest in terms of wins? Um, not a singular team. You're talking division overall. Divisions, correct? divisions, yes. Division overall. Um, it's tough to say because I really think I did a good job of splitting up these lower tier teams and putting them with these upper tier teams. I don't think either Midwest divisions are going to be in contention, the Great Lakes division or the manufacturer division. I do like if I, I think NL is easier to choose from. And I think that would be the Metropolitan division with the Mets and Phillies and then the Orioles. The Orioles were just over 500 and I can't see how they would regress i think they can just only improve so i and obviously the mets won over 100 games phillies got in the playoffs with 90 plus wins so i would have to say the metropolitans in the nl in the al though i obviously like i think the three teams the three divisions sorry excluding the great lakes are very like their top two teams can all I believe win 90 plus to 100 plus games. I would probably have to go with the 405 division as okay. my pick to have the um, total, the highest number of wins throughout the entire division comparative to the other AL divisions. Yeah, I, I agree with you. For me, the the worst the worst division in both leagues are the two central divisions, so to speak, yeah. Great Lakes and and Manufacturer. Um, for me, also Metropolitan is the best in the National League, but in the American League, I actually believe the rivalry division really um, is, is a little bit better. And I think you know you have the Yankees, Blue Jays. I think those those teams are going to be serious contenders um, n- next couple of years. But I think when I when I compare this division to the others, as far as the the weakest team in this division. And I get the Red Sox aren't necessarily going in the right direction, but compared to like the Diamondbacks, compared to the Reds, sure, even even my Marlins, I, I do think the, <laughs> I do think the Red Sox have an edge, and and we can't forget about Montreal. I think with they they have a pretty good start, like like we mentioned, yeah, they're better than those bottom of the barrel teams. Obviously, they're not as good as the top tier teams, but they can definitely hold their own. That, that in, is in very true. Games. That is very true. When we went into the redraft episode of looking at what the potential lineup after a expansion draft would look like i did i favored the montreal expos and their lineup i actually enjoyed what their lineup could be like so i i do see the rivalry division as in total getting the most amount of wins comparative to their other al divisions and i quickly want to go over before we move on to scheduling since we just talked about the divisions i want to go over record wise for the nl uh for the new york mets over the past three seasons Versus the Philadelphia Phillies, they have a record of 27 and 21. Versus the Baltimore Orioles, they have a record of 5 and 3. And versus the Washington National Nationals, they have a record of 29 and 19. 
for the Philadelphia Phillies. They have a record of two and four wow. versus the Baltimore Orioles and a record of 36 and 12 versus the Washington Nationals. And finally, the Orioles have a 10 and six record versus the Nationals. So honestly, pretty spread even when you exclude the Washington Nationals. Um, for now, Jet, I was struggling to find any stats on their record between Houston and the Cardinals. I don't know if you have that, if you want to search for that real quick. Yeah. But uh, I, I. So they, they didn't, they haven't, so they were supposed to play in um, 2020, but oh, okay. obviously what ended up happening with, with all the COVID stuff, um, they weren't able to play those games. So the last time they played together against each other was 2019 and Houston won two of those three games. Uh, on the road in St. Louis, uh, they they won two of those three games. So two and one, two and one right now. If you want to include 2019 in the past four years. Okay, thank you. And uh, Houston versus the Rangers, they are 33 and 15. And versus KC, they are only eight and six. Wow. Surprisingly enough. Uh, can you look up what the Cardinals record is against the Rangers too? Because I believe they were supposed to play each other in 2020. But before Jet tells us that, the Cardinals have a 11 and five record versus the Kansas City Royals. Yeah, so the Cardinals and Rangers last played it also in 2019. The Rangers uh, won two out of three against the St. Louis Cardinals on the road. Or actually, at home in San, at home in Texas. Okay, wow. So they're one and two versus the Rangers, and then the Rangers are eight and four versus Kansas City. Moving on to the manufacturers division, the Cleveland Guardians have a record of two and four versus the Milwaukee Brewers, a record of twenty nine and nineteen versus the Tigers, and a six and three record versus the Pittsburgh Pirates. Moving on to the Brewers, they have a three and five record versus the Detroit Tigers and a thirty and eighteen record versus their current rival in the Pittsburgh Pirates. And to bring up the rear, the Tigers have an eight and five record versus the Pirates. Finally, in the sightseeing division, the Mariners have a two and five record versus San Francisco, a three and four record versus the Colorado Rockies, and a thirty and eighteen record versus the new Las Vegas Athletics. The Giants have a thirty-three and record thirty-three and fifteen record versus the Rockies, and a eight and eight record versus the Athletics. Finally, to finish this all off, the Rockies have only a four and three record versus the Athletics. Jet, is there one record in be- between rivals that surprises you the most? Um, definitely, I, definitely the. I mean, I don't know if this is as surprising to you, but the Phillies, the the Phillies, and the. The Orioles, which we, we've talked about a little bit. I know the, the Orioles haven't been great, but and the Phillies weren't really unbelievable prior to this year, but it, it is a little surprising. I know it's a small sample size that the Phillies have a um, a losing record to the Baltimore Orioles. Another another interesting one for me are the Brewers and the Tigers. Brewers are 3-5 and five against the Tigers over the past three years. You think with, with how dominant the Brewers have been this, this past couple of years, um, they would have a little bit better record but it's interesting though like each of the 
in, in, in how you structure this, each of the lower tier teams, like the bottom two teams in each division, they're pretty competitive against one, one another, yeah. which makes for pretty good um, head-to-head series. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah, we love to see the 100-win teams, and that's still possible, but no one likes to see a 50- to 60-win team. If you're at the bottom of tier teams can get to – if the bottom two teams in each division can scrummage around and they both get – 65 to 75 wins that's actually kind of entertaining um almost battling for third place i mean that that's worth something to these teams you don't want to finish in last place now moving on since there are whole new divisions a whole new league there has to be a whole new balanced schedule just this past year mlb has created a new balanced schedule which is fantastic for the league everyone gets to play everyone finally it doesn't have to be a three-year wait, as we have yeah. seen between like Houston and the Cardinals. Uh, with so, with these new divisions though, and these two additional teams, this has had to have this has had this has to be reworked. The new schedule. So I'm sorry, the new schedule, the whole new balance schedule that we that are that is going to be implemented this year has 52 in-division games total, which means 13 games per in-division opponent. The old way, if you did not know, this past year in 2022 and beyond, and priorly, sorry, that was a total of 76 in-division games, 19 games per opponent. For this what-if scenario, we decreased the in-division games even more but only to 48 in-division games. So, But that does mean you get to play your opponent 16 times per game. I know it seems a little wonky of decreasing the amount of games, but remember, decreasing the amount of games, but you increase in the games per opponent. But remember, there it's no longer five teams per division. It's four sure. teams per division. So it's a happy medium in between the new schedule and the old schedule of it goes 19, 16, 13. It creates a simple middle-of-the-road transition, as I said, per opponent, while also cutting back on division gains, which was the goal. Still keeping the intra-league schedule the same, with a total of 64 games being played against league opponents outside of their division. Six games against six opponents, and seven games against four opponents. The number of inter-league games will increase from 46 to 50 games. The additional four games were taken out of the divisional game matchups and would be added to the inter-league games, specifically the natural rivalries matchup. All right, This is a whole new thing that the MLB has additionally made as well, and I can tell you what they have as their natural rivalry um, currently constructed. And with this new schedule, it was four games. In this what-if schedule, it's increased by double to eight games. Now, Jet, do you want to tell us what the current MLB natural rivalry matchup is? And then I can go back and tell everyone what what we believe the what-if natural rivalry matchup would look like. Absolutely. So the ones, if 
prior to expansion 2023 season what the rivalry matchups that the MLB has in store Mets and Yankees Astros and Rockies Mariners and Padres Dodgers and Angels Cardinals and Royals White Sox and Cubs Red Sox and Braves Rays and Marlins Rangers and Diamondbacks Angels and Rockies Blue Jays and Phillies and Twins and Brewers Pirates and Tigers Guardians and Reds, Nationals and Orioles, and Athletics and Giants. Now, Jet, what do you think of when you when you read that read that list? Well, there's there's a few ones I don't get, and then I think we've 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 talked about this a little bit before. But the one that the one that stands out to me, the Astros and Rockies. <laughs> um, these these are two teams that are in totally different, going in totally different directions. And I've never thought of them as, as being anywhere close to rivals. I, I think what it came down to is, yeah, it would have been nice with the Astros with the Yankees, but the Mets took up the Yankees in in which which makes sense. Uh, but yeah, you could put the Astros with the Rangers, sure. But I feel what it like what it came down to is the Astros and Rockies were the only two teams without a rival, and it just stuck them together. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's the the and there's multiple on this list of I would say probably Rangers Diamondbacks. Yeah, that's another one. Or what's in what's what's another one? Athlet. Uh, those two are the main ones I would have to say. There's some oddballs, but nothing egregious like. Astros Rockies. Well, for the what if natural rivalry matchup, we went back with the whole new divisions, the whole new National League and American League. We had we reworked it to where it's much more appealing, um, even to the I guess you could say lower tier uh, matchups. And this is in order of what we believe it could or. I'll say, I won't speak for Jet, what I believe would be the most interesting and most uh, televised matchups throughout the season. Again, it's eight games now. It's not just four. It's not a four-game set. It's two four-game sets. So it can you can televise these rivalries multiple times throughout the regular season. And first on my list is Mets and Braves. They are becoming very iconic. Both of these teams are in win-now mode. Uh, the next one is Astros-Yankees. Obviously, I mean, the Astros have owned the Yankees, but it is a really good rivalry, and I think a lot of people would tune in to watch that even during the regular season if it was an eight-game set. The next one I decided to keep was the Mariners-Padres. I think these are two upcoming teams, and they would be young in upcoming teams. Uh, both trying to um, get into the realm of World Series contenders. Next one's Dodgers-Giants. That's just iconic. Same with Cardinals-Cubs, which are next on my list. Wanted to keep some of those legitimately natural rivals uh, between each other. Uh, The next one I have are White Sox-Brewers. I think that could be a very interesting matchup. Another one that I think is very interesting, Red Sox-Phillies. I think that could be a very entertaining matchup matchup between the two teams next one is Rays Orioles um that's just going off of in-division rivalry I think that that would be a very in entertaining game as well and it would be an homage to the old divisions uh the old division rivalry that they had Rangers Nashville's um I I kind of like it somewhat kind of interesting 
somewhat. I mean, again, sometimes these teams, to make the most interesting matchups, some of them have to be less interesting. Angels-Rockies decided to keep because, like, again, it's just sometimes you get stuck with them. But, again, it's just what are you going to do? Next one, Blue Jays, Tigers. This is more regionally based. They're very, the cities are very close and next to each other. So I think that keeps the fan get fan bases very engaged. Next one would be Twins Royals. Again, just trying to figure out a matchup. A lot of these last ones are very much like that. Pirates, Montreal, new team. And then the Pirates, both teams that are not content playoff contenders at the moment. Guardians, Reds, I wanted to keep them the same because that's an in-state rivalry right there. I think that could be a very entertaining uh, rivalry for the fan bases. Next one's National Marlins. I just wanted to in-division, old in-division rivalries. And then coming in last place, Athletics and Diamondbacks. I mean, I don't think this, this matchup could, should be televised, but... Um, it's almost like the toilet bowl, essentially. If I if I had to make, because th- there's there's one change that I'd make. Um, so I I, f- I really believe the Blue Jays should have a better rival, and I know it's hard when it gets down to yeah. picking certain teams. But if I had a switch, I would switch the Tigers and Reds, and so the Blue Jays would play the Guardians. I I get the the in-state um cleveland cincinnati matchup it makes a lot of sense but to be honest those two teams are not not extremely competitive so how fun, how much fun would it really be that is true um i think with the different styles of play the guardians and blue jays have both really good teams i think would make for some very entertaining baseball to watch uh but as far as the other ones i think all the other ones make perfect sense obviously some of them had to be done the way they were if i had to pick the number one on this list, I would actually go Astros and Yankees. I really? think I think that one for me, based off the his like the, the Mets and Braves obviously have history, but the history of the Yankees and Astros have it is it is even more interesting based off of like the Mets and Braves haven't faced each other in an, in a crucial series in the playoffs like the Astros and Yankees have, considering all the cheating stuff too. Yeah. That just adds another level to that story. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now that we've gone over the scheduling, the the whole new divisions, everything like that, we have to we had to go back and alter the playoffs now. I mean, the playoffs are completely different, not extremely different, I would say, but still we had to alter it. And with the changes in the division and the addition of two teams, the playoffs will will actually be reverting to the old wild card format with only two teams earning a wild card spot but still keeping six teams qualifying for the playoffs obviously because of the number of teams in each division so the one through four seeds will go to the division winners the one and two seed will get a first round bye and the three and four seeds will face off against each other in round one and then the wild card winners, I guess you could say the fifth and sixth seed will face off in that wild card round. And that goes for each league, nothing new like that. Now, I wanted to kind of go into like, okay, well, how would this new playoff work at the beginning of the playoffs? Well, the first first round weekend is what I would call it. It would be well, the wild card round will go back to being a one-game match. I, pers- I, I know... Personally, in recent history, the Yankees have been 
in um, one game wild cards. And I mean, it's intense. It gets like win or go home. It's really entertaining. Obviously, I know baseball is not usually play like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, throughout the whole season, you play 162 and it just comes down to one game. Yeah. I, I do understand like that, but for television purposes, a one game series can be wildly entertaining for both the losing team and the winning team. And I've, as a Yankee fan, I've experienced both sides of that. And the, did I change that? Okay. That's odd. I, I, my notes say something weird, but obviously a one game. Yeah. Okay. All right. I understand what I'm saying. I understand what I said now. Um, the first game, the, the wild card round would be Friday night. I think that's the perfect timing for it. Friday night. I mean, you, everyone's getting off work and go to the bars and watch it. And then on Saturday, the three, four matchup would be a best of three matchup as it is now. And it would, the first game would start on Saturday. So you still have playoff baseball going on and could end Monday night. So it's a, it's the whole weekend. And I, and I think it's perfect. You get the whole first round out of the way, essentially in a weekend span, it's jam packed. And also I don't think a lot of these games are going to be bumping up against each other like it is now. Like while when Wildcard Weekend comes around, it's a whole day of th- event where it's like there's games at one o'clock to where the three four matchup, since there's two games, you can put the most interesting one on at eight PM prime time and put the other one on at four PM on a Saturday. It, which is still you're gonna get a lot of viewership since it's a Saturday. And then mm, you hope that only one one of those two series ends up um, going three, in which then, boom, put that Monday night prime time like e- on, on ESPN or something. And then yeah. and there you go. And then you work on from there of just the normal, the one plays the winner of the wild card round, the two plays the winner of the, I guess, three, the two, three matchup. The two, the two players. Sorry, sorry, uh, sorry. Three, the three-four, four, the three-four yeah, matchup. Yeah, yeah. The two yeah, play yeah. the winner of the three-four matchup. Yes. So that is what the new wild card format would indeed look like. Actually, yeah, I think you, you you talked about the point with the wild card, 162 games Ooh. down to one. It, it's tough, but mm. your side to it, the entertainment value makes a lot of sense. I'm sorry. I this is very dumb of me. Now I understand what I put in my notes. This is interesting. I actually implemented both. I implemented a, an NBA play-in situation uh, okay. for the wild card. That's. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry that I didn't clarify this earlier. But essentially, the fifth seed has to win one of the one game. The sixth seed has to win two games in a row. So that way, it could be a one game series if the right. five seed ones if five seed wins but it also i mean it could be amazing if the six seed goes in away and wins two games on the road i think that's the perfect solution okay. to be honest because that's why i put in my notes and i was like i was confused like second game saturday night what <laughs> no that 
No, the the way that I read that is I thought you were saying like the first the wild card for the AL Friday NL Saturday, but that that solution makes perfect sense. Just because if the better team wins that first game, fine. We we know yes. they, they they were the better team all season long. They won the game. That's that. But if that other team upsets them, play another one to see if this is true. Because I know it's still only two. It's still a small sample size of two games. But two is a little bit more better than one in, exactly. as, far, as far as far in that in that regard. So that that is a perfect solution. And it makes it makes the fifth wild card, or the I guess the first wild card, you could say, very important because there can be times, and I know I know this from the Yankees, they are fine with getting the second wild card essentially. Yeah. And going on the road and taking their chances in a one-game series because anything can happen in a one-game right. series. But if you get the number one wild card, you get a it's a home game, and you just have to win one game. While your opponent, the second wild card, whoever that may be, has to come in and win two in a row. Two in a row, you just have to win one. So if even if you lose the first game... You can come back the next day and win it, and it doesn't matter if they won the first game. So I, that's what I meant. I wanted to implement the NBA play-in tournament style as to when, when the higher, if the higher seed wins, they automatically are in. But if the lower seed wins, then the higher seed, like the 7 or 8 seed, still has another attempt to win and get into the legitimate playoffs. Is it is it something that you would consider more more similar to the NBA, where, for example, you add another team from from the MLB into the MLB playoffs just to play in to get to that wild card, like change the format even so it's just a it's just a one game wild card, but to play in to get to that wild card, there's so, another team. Sitting so there. we would go to what the wild card format. We would have seven teams, three wild yeah. cards, and then so the six seven would play a one game set. And then the winner that would put the five in that. The in five. That I, f- I don't know. That's a lot of just one potential one gamers right there. Yeah. And that gives, I believe, more of a... I would think it'd give more of a rest period that's for true, yeah. the, the one and two seed. Right. Which could be... I mean, if let's say the seven seed beats the six seed to get in. Mm-hmm then wins which would they would be on the road for that play in tournament i guess you could say then they have to go on the road again and win two two wins on two wins on the road yeah. against the 5 seed just to once again go on the road to play the 1 seed true i be i mean the way that the way that I also would look at it, I mean those those lower seed teams are going to be on the road no matter what, just because of how mm-hmm. how like how what their seed is to begin with. But you know, that that is a fair point, though. Yeah, absolutely. So that is what the new playoff format would look like. And now, Jet, I'm very excited to hear what your projections tell you as to. Who is going to win the World Series? Who's going to be the division winners? Who's going to face off in the playoffs potentially in this whole new realignment episode? Yeah, this this is a great way to cap off this first installment of this series. And and as I'm going through these predictions, I want everyone to keep in mind which teams ended up losing players. If you go back to our 
uh, redraft episode where we talked about the teams that suffered the biggest hit as far as protections were concerned. I can read off a few of those teams just so everyone um, remembers who those teams are. The Twins, Yankees, Dodgers, Guardians, Braves, and Astros all lost three players. And these are key players, part of the lineups, rotations. So when I'm going over these uh, playoff predictions, if a certain team didn't make it to where you expected, it could be in large part due to the players that they lost. So let's let's start first in the American League. I'll go division by division, reading in order of the standings first, and then after I read the standings order, I'll let everyone know who the two wildcard teams are in that league, as well as the best record in that league, and then Eric will give his thoughts on what he agrees, what he disagrees with, and then we'll move on, and we'll do the same thing for the National League, and then hopefully at the end, we'll crown a 2023 World Series <laughs> champion. Uh, so first in the American League, the rivalry division, in order from first to last, we have the New York Yankees, Toronto Blue Jays, Montreal Expos, and then the Boston Red Sox. I, I just have to say, that would be horrific if like an expansion team were to come in and then finish higher than the Boston Red Sox. I mean, that would, if I was a Red Sox fan, I mean, I would just be absolutely livid if a brand new expansion team that may that just come... It's brand new. I mean, they're playing in the big O, big O right now. They don't even have a real stadium set up yet, as we talked about in the uh, expansion episode. Uh, if they were to come in and finish higher than us, that that'd be embarrassing. Well, let, let's just do the while, while we're talking about it. So, I, I truly believe Montreal has the better team. Yeah, I'll read you both Montreal's lineup and Boston's lineup based off of my projection projections with protections. Um, Montreal's lineup, if you don't remember, Whit Merrifield, Chris Taylor, Trey Mancini, J.D. Martinez, Joey Gallo, Gio Urshela, Christian Vasquez, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, and Stephen Kwan. The Red Sox lineup, uh, Masataka, Yoshida, Alex Verdugo, Rafael Devers, Justin Turner, Kike Hernandez, Adam Duvall, Tristan Casas, Rhys McGuire, and Adalberto Mondesi. What do you think? Uh, I do. I, I like Montreal's lineup more. <laughs> yeah. I really do. I mean, I can't can't even hate on that. I, I actually really I I do like it more, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. That that's what it, that's that's what it was for me. Um, we'll see if they get into the playoffs. I'll get to that in a little bit. But for the Southern Charm Division. In order from first to last, we got the Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays, Nashville Stars, and Miami Marlins. So another expansion team. This was painful for me to do. Another <laughs> expansion team beating out a current MLB team, Stars over the Marlins. Um, this one was tough just because I do think Montreal's better than Nashville, but th there's some concerns I have with the Marlins, and I think, like, like we've talked about, I think both of these expansion teams are better than the bottom barrel of teams, but slightly worse than they're in the middle of the pack. That's, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, great lakes division, Chicago, white Sox, Chicago Cubs, Minnesota twins wow. and Cincinnati reds. I am surprised that you had, that you have the Cubs finishing ahead of the twins. I'm really, I'm really excited for the Cubs this year. I think they're going to do some damage. I love some of their signings, Bellinger, Dansby Swanson, uh, Trey Mancini, and again, it goes back to the Twins. The Twins lost three players in in the protections. Kyle Farmer, Christian Vasquez, and Joey Gallo. Yes, those aren't huge names and they're not going to have crazy impact on the Twins um, as a whole. But 
if you look at the Twins lineup now, and I'll read it off, it, it goes as Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, Carlos Correa, Max Kepler, Jose Miranda, Alex Kurloff, Nick Gordon, Trevor Larnack, and Ryan Jeffers, um, as opposed to the Cubs lineup, Nico Horner, Dansby Swanson, Ian Happ, Seiya Suzuki, Eric Hosmer, Cody Bellinger, Patrick Wisdom, Christopher Morrell, Tucker Barnhart. I think the Cubs have a little bit deeper of a lineup in this yeah. scenario. Obviously, the pitching is another story. I think the Twins definitely best the Cubs in pitching. But in, in this type of format, when the Cubs and Twins are sitting in the same division, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the Cubs you know, get the better of the Twins more times than not. All right, and what does the final division look like for the Yeah, Adam? the I-405 division, we got the Padres in first, followed by the Dodgers, Angels, and Diamondbacks. Yeah, I do like the Padres over the Dodgers at the moment uh, for this upcoming season as well. I mean, they made some big splashes with signing Xander Bogarts, who I think is going to be amazing for them for the first five years of his 11-year contract. Um <laughs> But hey, that's what you pay for. So, what is the NL division? Well, let me let me get okay. to the, the two wild cards. So, the two the two wild card teams in the American League, one from the rivalry division, the Toronto Blue Jays, and one from the I four hundred five division, the Los Angeles Dodgers. So, in the first year of the new expansion teams, both miss out on the playoffs in year one. Uh, would you have done anything differently as far as the teams that I chose to make the playoffs? In the American League. In the American League, no, I do have to agree with you. The only different, the only competitor for, I guess you could say, the second wild card would have been maybe Blue Jays versus Rays for that other wild yeah, that card. Was tough. It, it is tough right there, but other than that, no, I, I have to agree. I mean, I, I also could see just, I can't disagree with you on the Blue Jays earning that wild card over the Tampa Bay Rays or, um, or the Dodgers earning it over the Tampa Bay Rays. Fair enough. Let's move on to the National League, starting with the Metropolitan Division. In order from first to last, the Philadelphia Phillies, New York Mets, Baltimore Orioles, and then the Washington Nationals, the Cowboy Division, the Houston Astros, Texas Rangers, St. Louis Cardinals, and then the Kansas City Royals. Ball around it, because I'm sure Eric probably wanted to bring this up, but I have the Texas Rangers... Beating, beating out the St. Louis Cardinals in this version of expansion. Again, it goes back to that same point. The Cardinals, in my opinion, are losing two key guys from protections, Lars Nootbaar and Juan Yepes, a big part of what they had planned for in the future. Uh, losing them to those two expansion teams is, I think, extremely detrimental. And I love what the Rangers have done um, in the offseason, bolstering their pitching staff to go along with a great offensive lineup. And I think with what um with with what the Rangers have built compared to what the Cardinals could potentially losing and they do have some guys that are aging out I think the Rangers would make a, a strong push to get over the Cardinals in that division um moving on to the manufacturer division Guardians in first Brewers in second Tigers in third Pirates in fourth, nothing really out of the ordinary to talk about there. And then the final division, the sightseeing division, the Mariners in first, the Giants in second, the Colorado Rockies in third, and the Las Vegas Athletics in fourth. This league's a little bit different because we don't have one wild we don't have a wildcard team coming from separate divisions. Both wildcard teams are coming from the same division. 
And that division is the Metropolitan Division. The Mets and Orioles get the wild card. The Metropolitan Division also has the best record in the Philadelphia Phillies. What are your thoughts on what I did here in the National League? It's the it's the baby O's, man. That they're coming out of nowhere. I mean, Adley Rushman leading the way. That's gonna be crazy. That's insane. I mean, having them like projecting to have them over the Cardinals, Rangers, Brewers, possibly the Giants. I mean I could I could see it though. I could see them hitting 85, 90 wins. I mean, they just hit over five hundred this past Hit got the 500 mark this past season, so yeah, I could see them in the upper 80s, lower 90s potentially, and that's a playoff team in all honesty, and it's highly impressive in this new division, in what is considered the most competitive division uh, in the NL and possibly throughout the whole new MLB landscape in this realignment that they're able to fight their way into a wild card spot. Yeah, and and yeah, the the Orioles are a young team, but I think what they did last year is not an outlier at all. I think they they have even more reinforcements on the way as far as their lineup is concerned. Gunnar Henderson, uh, one of the top prospects in in all of baseball and top prospect for the Baltimore Orioles, he'll be starting at shortstop for the Orioles this season. So another young guy that will look to make an impact on this Orioles team. Exciting exciting times ahead, I think, for the Orioles, and I think that. But whether you know it's it's in this expansion or not, I think they can make waves regardless. Um, but now let's predict who we think how how the playoffs would shake out. Obviously, no expansion team, so this is kind of uh, my way too early MLB predictions in a way. Obviously, <laughs> the the leagues are a little bit different um, because we could end up having two current teams that are in the same league face off in the World Series in this hypothetical scenario. But let's start off with the AL, how I see that shape shaking out. Uh, the And just so everyone knows the seeding in the AL, the one seed is the San Diego Padres, two seed New York Yankees, three seed Atlanta Braves, four seed Chicago White Sox, five seed Toronto Blue Jays, and six seed Los Angeles Dodgers. So let's first talk about uh, the, the wild card matchup and now that I know how the, the wild card format works, it doesn't change how I would have done it. Okay. Uh, I think the Blue Jays would take care of business on that first try against the Dodgers. I think the Dodgers wow. winning two um, would, would be would be extremely tough. So I, I have the Padres advancing to go on to play the San Diego Padres there. And then in the 3-4 matchup between the Braves and the White Sox, um, I have my concerns with the White Sox. The Braves are a really strong team, even despite them not making a ton of big moves in the offseason. So I'll take the Braves to win that one. So then we have the number one seed San Diego Padres and the number five seed Toronto Blue Jays. I'm waiting for the year when I can think that the Blue Jays are going to finally make that big push to get over the hump and, and get out of the early stages of the playoffs. But I just don't think this would be the year for them against a, a one-seeded Padres, which, which by that point, their Fernando Tati should be back. And they have a really stacked lineup to go along with a really deep pitching rotation. And I think the Padres would be hard to beat in that game, in that series. So I'll take the Padres there. Yankees-Braves. I mean, this is interesting because we, we would never see this in a normal playoff Very setting. true. And these are two really, really good teams. Um, and this one was tough, but I do have to go with the Yankees. Let's I go. The additions, uh, the additions <laughs> they made um, 
Carlos Rodon is a fantastic addition, and I think that's going to be one of those key moves that gets them to this part of the postseason. So they, they knock off the Braves, which leaves us with a Padres-Yankees ALCS. <laughs> Before I even say who wins that, what, what are your thoughts on that? Hey, I like it, man. We're moving, <laughs> we're moving up right there. Don't have the Astros in our way, the, the boogeyman in our way, so I'm really happy about that. Um, I... I, that, I mean, that would be insane. Like, a, I would really like a Blue Jays, Dodgers, wild card round of, like, win or go home or however our format was. Of yeah, just, that seems really fun. That, mean, it does. It does. I mean, I, I but I could also see the Dodgers winning the first game and then losing the second game as well. Yeah. And yeah. Um, pa- I think either way it would be tough for the Dodgers yes. to win just because they have that extra hurdle. To exactly. Padres, Blue, Blue Jays is fantastic. It both... Both teams have all like superstar young talent that um, is all about show at times. Both these teams are have a lot of showmanship within them. Yankees Braves that's a, that's essentially almost some like old school '90s World Series matchups right there. But for the um, essential ALDS only. And then Yankees Padres, that's a really interesting matchup right there. You got almost like a brand, a new franchise trying to make their claim going up, uh, going up against the historic, uh, structured Yankees. Which is, I mean, I I love the I, I this would be an amazing format. Obviously, the White Sox kind of stick out. You're like, eh, yeah. but I mean, what are you gonna do? The whole of it, the whole Great Lakes division is kind of eh, but. I mean, if this were to work out, I mean, I, this is must-watch TV in every series. Yeah, I think, yeah, every, and not just the AL, every series in these playoffs is exciting, and I think it's great how it worked out like that. I think mixing up the AL, the current AL and NL teams make, makes for good entertainment and quality baseball. So, um, and by the way, let, let's be honest here. Eric, Eric didn't put the Astros in the same league as the Yankees for a specific reason because I don't think I would have been able to advance the Yankees. Like no, I, I wouldn't. I had the Yankees beating the Padres here. No Let's Astros. Go. No Astros in the way. I think that's that's the Yankees. The the biggest thing in the way of the Yankees um, is the Astros, and they don't have to deal with them here. Maybe they'll see them in the World Series. That that would be something. But I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. So the two see the Yankees coming out of the American League. Who will they play? Uh, so first, first matchup wild card, we have the number five seed New York Mets going up against the number six seed Baltimore Orioles. Just like the AL matchup, I don't think the six seed wins a game in this. I think the Mets take care of business in this first one. Verlander um, shoves. Yeah, that's and the even thing. if you, even if those win, they got to face Scherzer the next Verlander day. Verlander against who? Like who? Who <laughs> would be that option for the Orioles to start? That is not something they have. Um, they have enough of yet starting pitching, elite starting pitching, but you know this is good for them to at least be here. So the New York Mets win that and go out to face the one seed Phillies, and then the three seed Guardians and four seed Seattle Mariners. I think this would be an extremely oh yeah entertaining series. Again, you know these are two teams, different styles of play. Um, but I'm going to take the Seattle Mariners here, and, and Eric alluded yeah. to this, you know while he was talking about how we, you know, separated our teams, the, the Mariners are definitely on the cusp of getting to the world series. And I think they have an, an elite team and we'll see if they are able to knock off some of the other teams that have to play. Cause they would have to play the number two seed Houston Astros in the Ooh. next round, 
What's interesting about this is both of these teams <laughs> currently play in the same division, so they would be meeting back up in the playoffs, but on the American League, they're over in the National League now. Um, I have my concerns about the Astros. I think they're still going to be extremely wow. dominant, but they did lose Justin Verlander. Um, I know they gained Jose Abreu. I think there's some some more questions about the depth now of their rotation. Uh, so with that being said, I think with the Seattle, Seattle Mariners – the up-and-coming team that they are, they have a really, really stacked lineup. They did not get affected at all, in, with the exception of Colton Wong. But like we mentioned, that is very replaceable, in my opinion. And I think with the Astros, they're losing two key bullpen pieces, losing Michael Brantley. True. I think the Mariners could could potentially, and I think they do, knock off the Astros in this hypothetical scenario. Wow. So the Mariners go on to the ALCS, and then in the in the NLCS, gotta gotta remember what we're doing here. Um, Phillies and Mets, one seed versus five seed. I have the Phillies winning this. I think they're the best Let's team go. in the National League for for a reason. I think the Mets are gonna find a way to. Um, not show up when, when the moment counts. And the Phillies, their rotation, as good as the Mets' rotation is, the Phillies have even better rotation and an even deeper lineup that will be occupied with Bryce Harper once he returns. So the NLCS is set. The one-seed Philadelphia Phillies and the four-seed Seattle Mariners. This is interesting because, again, this, this is another is matchup that we, we don't even think we would ever get. East Coast, West Coast, baby. Um, but... We saw last year with a team get hot at the right time in the start of the playoffs, make a big run. And I think this year that is going to be the Seattle Seattle Mariners making a big run all the way Ooh. to the World Series and defeat the number one seed Philadelphia Phillies in what is a really entertaining series. I think it goes goes to the, the max number of games, but I think the Mariners come out on top. So we have a Seattle Mariners, New York Yankees. Oh, man. What, what are your initial thoughts on that? Oh, that's that's must watch. I mean, again, similar to what I said about the Padres versus Yankees, you have an historically great and iconic franchise in the New York Yankees going up against an up and coming star studded with Julio Rodriguez leading the helm Seattle Mariners. And I mean, it is insane. And I, I mean, that that is fantastic of having uh those two teams, an iconic team and an up-and-coming team. Obviously, everyone would be cheering for the Mariners, um, which is, yeah. I mean, that's just it increases television view, right? Views right there. Absolutely, and this was a tough game to pick. And Eric doesn't know who I picked because I just changed it on him last minute to show who my real pick was. Um, but like I mentioned, the Philadelphia Phillies coming in. Till this past season, they were the hot team, and they just fell short at the in, at the World Series. But it doesn't mean they were going to go away, go away anytime soon. I don't think the Seattle Mariners, despite I think they're going to lose this game, they're not going to go anywhere anytime soon. I think the difference between these two teams is pitching, and the Yankees have a lot more of it and a lot more quality of it right now. Um, I, I do leave the Mariners lineup as the edge, but at this time of year, uh, depth of pitching really shows up, and I think that's, that's what happens for the Yankees. And in our hypothetical scenario, the New York Yankees are World Series champions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, man. Because they don't have to face the Astros, that's why. <laughs> of course, of course. Why would I, Why would I? if I had the chance to make up a whole new division, why would I include in the leagues, why would I include the big bad boogeyman? 
I'll send their le- little brother, the Seattle Manners, to go beat him up in the divisional round, and then, then we can beat up the little brother. Ah, oh, this is fantastic. A perfect end to this amazing <laughs> what-if scenario. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm sorry, Seattle. You're, you're still a little brother. <laughs> but... When I do my simulations for 2024, Seattle does come out on top in the World Series. Oh, okay. Okay, hey, I don't care. At least, at least if we win one, I'll be but happy. I will say in 2024, just a bold prediction before we get out of here, one of the two expansion teams gets in the playoffs. If we keep this simulation going, Woo! I think Montreal is the team that gets into the playoffs, though. Man, how do you feel, Boston? Jeez. Oh, that's – oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. But, man, that's – Final thing here. Yes. And I know this is tough to kind of predict, but based on the, the what we're starting off with these two teams, Montreal and Nashville, which team do you think would, would have a better chance to win a World Series first? Ooh, that's tough. you got to take it to where their division is. I know, I am. Well. Yeah. And for that reason, I would actually say Nashville. Because let's say if this is your prediction, if that were to happen, the Yankees win. I mean, the Yankees are well, they're they won the World Series, and right. Toronto made the playoffs as well, and they yeah. made it to the divisional round as well. So, um, I would say, uh, yeah, I would say Nashville. I mean, they finished in third, the same as Montreal, but they're in what may be considered a less competitive division. So they may end up in long in the future have an easier path to the World Series. Right, I yeah. agree with that. So, I would that's actually I have to say Nashville, but yeah. Well, that's it, Jet. That's it. Wow. We have we have talked about the Nashville Stars and the reinstatement of the Montreal X Expos. And if you want to know more about that, uh, again, go back listen to the expansion episode. We talked about how an expansion draft would affect the stars and the expos along with how it would mainly affect a multiple of teams, including the Yankees, the twins, as jet was saying earlier on. And you can find all of that in what is called the redraft episode. And in this episode, we did the whole home, like the whole thing. We, we figured it all out and we came up with a world series winner. And I am yeah. very happy about that. I'm very happy with the ending of this what if scenario. Thank you guys so much for listening and sticking through with us till this final episode. And hopefully, by the time this episode is released, we'll already have the next scenario planned for the following week for you to start listening to again. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out. <laughs>